0: Welcome to the Construction User 2.0 from the Association of Union Constructors. In this podcast, we explore the latest labor trends, industry insights, and important issues in the world of construction. Join us for conversations with industry leaders, subject matter experts, and innovative visionaries as we discuss how we are building the world of tomorrow. Today is going to be a special one. We have two guests instead of our standard one, but it's going to prove to be a very interesting conversation about innovation and construction technology. Our first is Brianne Stewart, a group project manager at Milwaukee Tool with a decade of experience in improving technologies. She remains on the cutting edge of construction and job site technology. Our other is Matt Hedke. He's the director of VDC Solutions at Barton Mallow, and after working in construction management for over 20 years, Matt knows the importance of innovation and how to make sure it takes hold on your teams. Please help me welcome Brianne and Matt. Welcome, Brianne and Matt. And uh, thank you both for being here today.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah, thanks, Kirk. Appreciate it. So I always try to start this off on a, on a more interesting and funny note. So I have to ask, what is a Breanne? What is the last song you had stuck in your head?
1: I have two little kids. So I think they tend to dictate what music we listen to at the car. It's um, a cruel world. Yes, four-year-old is pretty obsessed with Can I Kick It? By a tribe called Quest. <laughs> so that it is on repeat every time we are in the car.
2: <laughs> it could be and worse, I it actually
1: suppose. It gets stuck in your head.
0: <laughs> okay. And how about you, Matt? What is uh, what is the song? What is the
3: earworm of the week? So both of my boys play tribal baseball, and we just kicked off indoor training this year. And my so my cousin's son has a band called the Try Hard Society. And there's a song called Swing for the Fences that he swings or he sings and um the boys on the way to baseball are constantly
0: asking me to rock that out so i would go with that one okay good answers good answers i have yet had a bad answer i've had some answers that were more surprising than others but that's my my kind of favorite question because you know you learn a lot i get the we have young kids a lot uh, i had it, let it go stuck in my head for two years so <laughs> i have four daughters so it was it was a uh, it was a thing okay so let's just Tell me a little bit about how you guys became associated with Talk and how how uh, how we came all to be associated in the association.
3: Sure, I, I guess I can start. Um, so Bart Mel has been involved with Talk for a number of years. Our chief operating officer Chuck Binkowski has been you know ingrained for many many years in Talk, and uh, so he approached me you know years ago, a couple of years ago now I guess three or four, and said they were going to be starting this innovation and tech committee. And I was more or less voluntold to uh, come and join, learn more about talk and, and kind of focus on innovation and tech. So that's that's how uh, that's how I got involved in talk. And it's been kind of, you know, networking and learning the people and learning what talk does ever since. How about you,
0: Brianne?
1: Uh, on my side, Maki Tools, a premier sponsor with talk. So we're involved in, in multiple facets. But personally, I'm also involved in the, the tech and innovation committee. And that's where I had the chance to to meet the guys and um, help drive some of the, the annual initiatives as we got the committee up and going three years ago now i think uh it's crazy to think back it was actually the middle of covid so everything was virtual and i think my my first call i had with matt my both of our kids were doing zoom school off screen um, on on the floor of our offices
0: so that's actually kind of interesting that the innovation and tech committee would start virtually seems very on point very very apropos that the uh, innovation committee would start in a virtual environment
3: that's right we i mean we gotta we gotta act what we're you know what we're talking about here and leverage the technology to get the job done so
0: very interesting indeed So obviously, a lot is being done in the construction to push the industry forward. This this group was involved in, you know, in one such project centered on job site connectivity. Can you tell me more about that project and that the innovation?
1: So when we met as a committee, we started talking about what some of the common pain points we had with technology. And what was really interesting is no matter the technology different parties were trying to enable it all came down to connectivity on the job site you can't really make a a software app or a connected device work well if you don't have some kind of connectivity to the cloud Uh, so that's where we um, arrived upon connectivity as, as our focus area because it was something that was a pain point felt universally across all of the the talk users and there was a benefit to going at after solutions in the space as a group, so we can share best learnings, we can work more proactively with the big providers in the field, and then ultimately, even we're able to have a, a pilot with some connectivity partners and one of the several of the contractors that are part of the the tech committee on a connectivity solution.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think what's interesting is you know as we started to you know kind of gain trust and and network within the committee. I think what was interesting for me is that, you know, sometimes you don't realize that um, your company's particular problems are shared. And, you know, the more that we had conversation around it, the more we realized that, you know, hey, all of us are in the same boat. As Brianne mentioned, we all need connectivity on the job site and, you know, a variety of different degrees. And the more that we kind of, got to know know each other and talk through kind of the challenges, um, everybody was sharing a lot of the same pain points. So, you know, what better of a space to really um, try to figure out, not just point out the problems, but figure out solutions. So I think it's just a really good example of the power of this committee and what we try to do, you know,
0: every time we meet and, and discuss a topic. I actually have two different follow-ups for that, but first I want to talk about how, you know, what's very interesting is what certainly didn't occur to me till I started talking to a lot of people on on different job sites is that you kind of always have cell signal, right? You know, you, but a lot of these, these job sites are kind of out in a little bit more distant areas. They don't necessarily, job site connectivity is one of those problems that doesn't immediately spring to my, when innovators are innovating and building devices, they're like, well, whatever, everywhere has Wi-Fi, And they're like, but we're working in an oil field. And that doesn't it. How do you talk to me a little bit more about those pain points and how, you know, without going too nerd tastic, how we're solving some of those problems.
3: Yeah, I think to your point, there's it, it depends on where you are and, and and what level of a problem it is, right? So um, I'll give you a brief example through the lens of kind of Barton Mallow. Um, you know, we're building a multi-story building in downtown Detroit. You would think connectivity would be great, right? You're in the middle of a of a major city. Yes, I would. You, you get three, four stories in the ground, not so much, right? <laughs> so again, you know, until you're in that situation, you don't realize the problem. Con- you know, conversely, if you go out to the middle to your to your point, um, we do a lot of solar farms, wind farms, things like that that are more in a, a rural environment. And you would think that, hey, I should have cell service out there. But sometimes, you know, we, we're we use Verizon at Bard Metal, and sometimes you get in the middle of, you know, rural America, and Verizon isn't a great provider in that particular area, or ATT may be a better provider, right? So you're constantly being bet, you know, challenged with you know, different, just different problems you're trying to solve, right? And I think it's through those experiences and through the, the conversations where you start to understand, you know, not only things like cell service, but how do you kind of push Wi-Fi across the project? And, you know, is, if you're pushing Wi-Fi from a centralized place on a project site, you know, how far is it reaching? Are you thinking about that site? That's, you know, a couple hundred acres, are you getting it way out to them? That are maybe on the far end of the project, right? Or, you know, can they get what they need to via cell service? Yeah, one thing that
1: was interesting working through kind of everybody's different experiences is how many very creative workarounds people were finding to make up for a lack of connectivity as we were throwing more and more technology and the needs for real-time communication at the job site. So to Matt's point of a um, kind of highly dense urban environment, there was a contractor that we met with who would string together MyFis and put them down the elevator shaft to have Wi-Fi on each floor.
0: I really love creative people. I I really do love creative people because that is the best bad idea ever. I mean, it probably worked okay, but it's certainly not how that product was intended.
1: And that's where I think we... We saw it's a really good solution for us to try to solve when you have so many workarounds Um, in rural areas. They were depending on people working overtime or working at night in their hotel room, going back offline during the day and going back at the end of day and uploading RFIs, change requests for the uh, the print. So there was a lot of problems with some of the solutions we were able to put out there. Were universal. So even just better planning um, and how to work together better with the owners, the general contractor and the the subcontractors to address this early on. So you don't have to get to the point where everybody is trying to do their own workarounds. So
0: Brand, you actually bring up an interesting point that you're coming at this obviously from a fairly different perspective. You know, Matt, you are trying to build a building, but you know, Brianne, Milwaukee Tool is more trying to not just facilitate that but come up with new innovative solutions that would require matt to have connectivity you're coming at it from a very different approach path that informs your own innovation can you talk a little bit about that
1: absolutely so we keep putting creating more and more connected products and and it's essential to our users that they know where their tools are if they're paying to have one key in their products they want to be able to find a tool if it's lost or um, use a geofence to understand where if the tool is on the job site or not so if the connectivity isn't there then our solution doesn't work as well as we would like for the user um, and and part of this started from i was researching it the the connectivity trends in the industry just understand where is it going and can we continue to um, count on the, the Bluetooth cellular network and what are the the trends in the job site. And as I was researching, you know, our end users would tell me about their problems and their solutions. But then the the final question was always like, what is everybody else doing? How are they fixing this? And so that's why it was a, a good problem for the tech committee to take on is it was an opportunity to share what the solutions are so that all the connected products that we as providers are putting on the job site work better
0: that's actually a perfect segue into kind of my next thing so you know you're both on this this committee this this innovation and tech committee with along with many other people from similar companies of different sizes and talk to me a little bit about that the you know creating positive momentum and and that you know that I don't want to call it groupthink but that collaborative process of a bunch of people kind of sharing those war stories
3: yeah i think you know it's interesting is as we have these committee meetings, one of my favorite parts that we do is kind of just a quick update where we go around the horn and everybody has a couple minutes to kind of talk about what their company's focused on. And, you know, there's there's certainly common themes in there that we hear time after time. I mean, we just spent time talking about job site connectivity. There's a lot of common threads in there that we can all kind of, you know, not only hear what other people are doing, but just, you know, kind of reassure ourselves that, you know, maybe some of the things that we're focusing on and trying to solve other people are out there, you know, struggling and trying to solve it as well. Right. And then, you know, through the relationships that we're building in there, you know, whether it's, you know, a brief conversation, you know, in person, taking it offline, just to kind of, you know, use the committee as a, as a soundboard and, and share information, because, you know, kind of what you started with uh, Kirk is like, we're, we're wanting to push the industry forward as a whole. And, you know, Hey, we, we need, we need all facets of, you know, builders and tool providers and subcontractors and owners and all of the above. We all need to work together to kind of, you know, push through that together. So I think, you know, that networking piece and and having that opportunity to talk about those problems is really, really powerful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the sense of community and common purpose that we have on the, the tech committee and, and throughout the broader talk organization is really valuable. You know that you're not the only one dealing with with these problems. And you have a, a peer group that you can go to and, and ask questions. Um, I know I we meet three times a year in person, and that's a great way to connect and, and learn about each other. But I also know I can reach out to any of these guys throughout the year if I have questions on, hey, have you seen this? Or what do you think about this? I need somebody that can pilot this new tech for me, uh, You know, who's willing to raise their hand and give me input. This is a, a great group for that
3: yeah and i think you know to Brian's point i you know i was in preparation for our conversation today i thought back on i bet you you know somewhere in the neighborhood of you know 20 times in the last couple of years there's been a chain of email where somebody brings up a question or attack or you know a problem and we all kind of chime in on it kind of off cycle of our normal meetings right so you know again to Brian's point there's there's a lot of um really positive relationships that we're building and um, I think we're all in the same boat trying to figure out how to sell them and, and not only make our, our companies better, but make, make the industry better.
0: Great partners make a difference in any industry, but ours are the best. So let's take a moment for the Milwaukee Minute.
2: Milwaukee Tool is dedicated to providing a full range of trade focused solutions that increase confidence and productivity on the job site. One example of that commitment is OneKey, our connectivity platform that puts job site management into your hands allowing you to track what matters through the industry's largest Bluetooth tracking community. This purpose-built tracking hardware and software gives you the ability to customize, track, and manage your tool inventory, fundamentally changing the way you interact with your tools. Together, the OneKey app and the IoT-connected power tools deliver superior task-specific power, precision, quality, and repeatability to help you and your crew work smarter. The free app grows with your business, addressing inventory pain points, increasing productivity, and decreasing downtime. Learn more about the OneKey platform at onekey.milwaukeetool.com.
0: So I have two follow ups to that again. So first, I think that everyone kind of agrees on job site connectivity, but is there anyone from the owners through the tool providers to the contractors to is there anyone in the chain who thinks that's not important, just make it work? Is there anyone who's not on the side of, of figuring this out? I can't imagine anyone being like, why would we need that?
3: No, I don't think there's anybody that disagrees. I think they're, you know, when you start to pull in the, the owners, as an example, it's just it's understanding, you know, hey, when the when the project is complete what are their needs and wants and desires? And is there an opportunity to kind of join the two together versus having them be very separate, right? So we'll go in and establish some sort of connectivity during the construction process, and then we go away, and then they're going to have somebody come in and, you know, create ca- connectivity for their facility. So I think, again, through through these conversations, and as we learn more, we can figure out better ways to kind of connect the two, which I think is really powerful. And those are efficiencies that I think otherwise wouldn't have been realized if we didn't talk about it
1: yeah i think it's always been acknowledged as a general pain point that everybody experiences but the incentive for any single party to solve it for the ecosystem from owners to subcontractors and and tool providers wasn't there so again Having the the voice of talk and being able to go to connectivity providers like the the leading cellular carriers or to our you know new partner Graybar in this, they're experts in the the field and they're able to help navigate some of these barriers like security and access control that have stopped any individual user in this group from solving it themselves security is definitely a major concern for connectivity and you don't want to be the reason that there's a breach um that impacts the the owners or the rest of the contractors on site
0: we talked about it before the call but you know we have our our state of the union of construction coming up just in a few weeks and we actually have a panel of cybersecurity and ransomware experts that are going to be talking to us about how job site connectivity good uh security of that you like because we don't always think about that either is that it's it Ransom, it's something you can hit pretty hard, and if we're not being both connected and protected, then we can get into trouble. So that's definitely something to to keep in mind. So one follow up to that you you mentioned how you know everyone's having these same problems. Talk to me a little bit about the discovery of you know someone has experienced a use case you hadn't yet, and if that has been able to inform decisions of you know the early warning signs is it has you has it helped you? broaden your view of things that you maybe hadn't experienced personally, but let you see other things are happening or other use cases kind of broadeningly.
1: I think as a supplier to the industry, sometimes it's hard to remember how poor the connectivity can be on the job site and making sure that we're designing our app and our tools to be resilient within the environment as it is while we're trying to improve the total connectivity was an eye opener for me you know it's a problem until you talk to contractors that are struggling with this daily and it's adding extra work to the end of their day it shows how much more impact it's having than i think i realized going in
0: in these innovative environments these collaborative environments where you're talking about use cases and and case studies for things like job site connectivity or or kind of any innovative issue has there been opportunities for you to see things that you hadn't seen on your own job sites, learn new things, and better prepare for potential future problems that other people are currently having?
1: Maybe yeah. just balancing, or <laughs> go ahead.
3: Yeah. So I, I think I think yes. I think again, both Brian and I have talked about like just the the collaborative nature of this committee, and I think you know as you start to understand what people's number one pain point is or how they're trying to solve something um, and you start to learn more about it, I, I've noticed that um, I can't think of anything particularly off the top of my head, kind of put me on the spot here, but I think if I thought about it enough, <laughs> you know, you realize that, hey, maybe it was as an example, it's a number one to somebody else and it's a 10 for us. Well, and then you start to understand more about the problem and you think, okay, maybe it's not 10, maybe it's like a four or a five, right? Or you understand the problem a little bit more based on the conversation and they're talking about some solutions that maybe you weren't aware of that then you can kind of take back to your organization and say, you know, Hey, being a part of talk and being a part of this committee, one of the things that that I find the most value in is exactly that is going back to our organization and sharing, whether it's, you know, new solutions and innovation or just how other people are, are solving problems. There's just a ton of value in that. Right. And, um, you know, I, I look at kind of our projects and our, our business through the lens of VDC. Uh, but I've learned a ton from a variety of different people, because we, you know, it's not just VDC people that are on the committee, right? It's, we have project managers, we have people that are overseeing, you know, IT, we have VDC people, we have tool people, right? There's such a diverse group of people that bring
0: a, a variety of different perspectives that I think is is really, really powerful. No, that's exactly, yeah, that's Awesome. That's really cool to hear that.
1: I know one thing that I've been noticing, especially more so over the past year, is the conversations around being more proactive with predicting safety risks. And that's been interesting to hear everyone compare ideas and solutions. And how do we try to move more to the forefront and look at people's health? And how are we maintaining health so that we have a a safer job site? And there's multiple solutions out there in the market, but they're, they're fairly new. So hearing the the conversation and the knowledge share around that space has been interesting.
0: That is interesting. You actually touched on something that I wanted to kind of move to next, and that is, you guys are both in the, you know, you're not just in the Innovation and Tech Committee, but you're both in the innovation and tech world in your respective fields. You're both on the leading edge of construction innovation. So where should I buy my stocks? What's next? Like what's coming down the line? Like if we had our crystal ball, what's what's what are what are we predicting?
3: i can start out and you know hey i don't think it's it's new to anybody ai is a big one just a, a ton of information i think all of us are kind of scratching our heads trying to figure out how do we apply it to our business and you know what does it mean and you know what are the security risks behind it and you know whatever we could we could spend a whole hour talking about that topic we absolutely could yeah you know data management is another one. And, you know, Hey, we have all this data available. How are we leveraging it? That's another topic that um, is, is, you know, often talked about not only within Bartmell, but within the industry, digital twins. That's another one that I think gets brought up and people have a lot of interest in and kind of scratch your head and, you know, ask yourself, well, you know, what does that really mean? And, you know, is it, are we talking about a digital twin during construction? Are we talking more about facility maintenance and, you know, what does that work, you know, what does that flow of information look like? And, you know, is it dependent on our clients and their needs and their wants? That's that's my top three. I think that are probably the the highest in the industry right now. Um, I'm sure Brianne has a, a few that she could add to as well.
1: Yeah, building on what Matt said, there is a just rapid acceleration of tech available in the industry. Some of that is foundational tech, like digitized data, cloud-based solutions that are opening up opportunities for us to not just capture data, but try to use it in a better way. I think that's what I'm the most excited about is that we're still in many ways just inundated with data. And it's hard to make sense with of it, but with technologies like machine learning and other analysis tools, we can use our data to be smarter about how we run our job sites, how we predict safety risks, how we reduce uncertainty in in scheduling and project execution. Um, So I think not just having these tools, but being better at applying them to construction in a way that helps the job site run more efficiently is what I'm the most excited about.
0: I like that. This next question is kind of hard to ask because it's kind of hard to codify even what I mean. And that is, you know, a new innovation, introducing a new piece of equipment or a new technology. The depreciation cycle of that is a year or two or three. The learning curve can be one or two or three, but technology is moving so fast that three years later, we're seven, eight, 12 generations later. So how do we adapt and adopt new technologies without being completely outpaced, by the technology itself. How do, how are we preparing for that? Both from a Milwaukee tool preparation standpoint and a construction management standpoint.
3: I can take a first stab at that brand yeah, for
1: it. That, that's a big one. And like yeah, I said, yeah. this is a
0: hard, like it's, we could talk for three days on this.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, the best way that I would answer that is, and, and hey, I'm certainly, what I'm about to say is is not perfect, but I think it's it's creating a process for innovation. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, what we've done over the last twelve months at Barton Mallow is, you know, to your point, there's so much, there's such an influx of technology, um, whether it's software, hardware, you know, whatever it might be, that's getting pushed into our industry. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in, and you scratch your health, you know, scratch your head sometimes, and 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 ask yourself, like, what should I be focused on, and. You know, how do I prioritize it? And I think where we've landed, you know, as an enterprise at Bartmello really is just like, hey, we need to have an inner, you know, an enterprise innovation strategy and a process to how we, you know, how we bring in and we learn about new technology. How do we vet it out? How do we get buy-in from end users? How do we get buy-in from executives to then go and test it and then ask ourselves once we you know, kind of piloted it and tested it, how do we scale it or should we not scale it? So it's kind of that mentality of like having process and, you know, essentially failing faster scaling, you know, I guess time will tell it and and I'm sure we'll, you know, continuously improve on that innovation process. But I think it starts with just having that overall process in place so that you can make sure that you're, you know, doing your due diligence to make sure that what you're testing and implementing makes sense.
0: Fail, fast, or scale it. I really like that's a. I uh, I like that. That's a really cool way of saying that. How about you, Brianne? Yeah,
1: I, you know, everything that I concur with everything Matt was saying, having a process that is standalone beyond the, the specific technology that you're adopting helps align your team and make sure that your resources are being used in the best way. The thing I'd add on top of that is maintaining the vision of why you're using technology is just as important as the, the technology that you pick um, in the construction industry. We're all here because we want to build a better world and we want to support our our employees and the people out in the the world that are going to be living, working in the buildings that and the infrastructure we're creating. So looking at it through a lens of why are we here and how can technology support that helps guide better decisions and keep a focus on what technologies you're going after you know, at, at milwaukee we're not using machine learning just because we want to pat ourselves on the back that we're, we're technologists we use technologies like machine learning electronics lithium ion to give a better solution to the user and it always starts there and then we back into what technology we use and how we're going to implement it
0: i like it That's no, that's that's great. And having had an opportunity to go tour your uh, kind of innovation labs up in in Milwaukee, I'll say I I got to see that firsthand and it was truly incredible. I'd never I'd never seen anything quite like that before. It was amazing. I was really grateful to get to be able to see that.
1: Yes, uh, the focus on the user sounds um, pretty cliche, but it, it is something we. You practice what you preach. I saw it yeah. through day to day, and it's how we've been able to maintain focus as we've grown. Um, we have a lot of highly motivated, very talented um, employees. That uh, if we didn't keep that vision, it would we'd be off in a million directions.
0: Well, well, that is a uh, you know unless. Either you have anything else you just kind of want to add and get out there like we didn't get to cover this or talk about it. Uh, that is kind of what I what I have for today. Thank you both so much for for joining us and and uh, and talking about innovation and in tech.
1: Thank you Kirk, for having us.
0: Thanks, Kirk, for having us. Appreciate it. Awesome. So Brian, this, you can't see it really well. I don't That's my Milwaukee uh, hard hat that I got when I came up there that my talk Milwaukee, nice. like the new strap on <laughs> Alpine style that uh, I have it on my my position of honor. You can't see it on Zoom as well nice. as you can when you're walking in the office, but it's it's right
1: there. Mm-hmm. I like it.
3: Mine's right here. Mine's right here. I got mine, too. <laughs> I'm going to have to put mine on top of the deer head, I think.
1: I don't actually have my and one now. I gave it away. I need to get that's a good reminder. I need a new helmet.
0: You've just listened to the Construction User 2.0 podcast from the Association of Union Constructors. Don't forget to subscribe to get all future episodes of what is going on and what is current in the union construction and maintenance
1: industry.